Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we have prayed in the song, Open Our Hearts. Now, Father, we want to pray. Lord Jesus, won't you speak to us? I'd like to invite you, different, every one of you, to just pray this prayer directly to Jesus. And it will be just a simple prayer. You ask Jesus and you ask Holy Spirit to speak to us. But make it personal. Can we just say to Jesus, Lord, speak to me. I'd like you to say that out loud and pray this prayer. Lord, speak to me. Do it one more time. Let's see, do it together. Lord, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me this morning. Those of you who are watching this video online, this message, this uh, service online, I invite you to, to also pray. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And we pray, Lord, that this morning in your presence, you will work freely in our hearts and in our lives and let the Word of God open to us in a way that will bring transformation into our lives. Give us understanding and revelation. As we come, Lord, around the Word, in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Please be seated. My privilege to be with you this morning. Thank you for having me. It's my honor to bring the Word of God to, with to you this morning. Thank you, Pastor Agus and Sister Lillian. Praise God. This morning, I'm going to uh, share with you or uh, teach a little bit from John chapter 20. And um, I know that last couple of weeks ago we had Easter and uh, there, there would be a sign on one of the churches on the way here that say that Jesus is alive. Well, this morning, indeed, this is also the title of my sermon. So can we start flashing the slides on, please? The, the title of the, the title slide. Can we have it? Oh, you got it up behind me. <laughs> Good. Can you see? I'm blocking it. How, how does this work? I would be blocking, blocking you, wouldn't it? Yes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I hope the cameraman will be able to catch this so that the people who are watching at home will be able to follow the, the message on the slide. Jesus alive in you today. There's an exclamation, but I have a question mark in the next one. Perceivable. Perceive is what you do with your mind, what you understand. We may understand. The thing is, uh, do we have we have it so strongly engraved into our our system here, mental system, our heart system that uh, this. Revelation, this exclamation would change our life. 
Or is it just only another sermon that somebody preaches and Easter had come and gone and, well, Jesus is alive, that was said two weeks ago, so will it be still relevant to me tomorrow? Uh, that's the main thing. Really, it's not just only a Sunday, but Sundays are important. You know, COVID-19 has caused a lot of things to change, and one of those things that we need to change is our view of the church. It is important for us to not view the building to be your church, but rather view the church as your community. Because COVID successfully shut down all buildings. But buildings might be shut down. The church of Jesus Christ cannot be shut down. But more importantly, the church, if we had been accustomed to the idea of a place where we go to, then it might really be shut down. And so therefore, the faith of some people might also shut down today. And of course, this is not going to be the case with us. Amen. We are a community because if you don't uh, have that sense of a community of faith and thinking that a church is somewhere you go to, uh, really, it's, it's a different meaning. You go to this church, you go to that church, and some people think that all churches are the same. It's not the same if you think of church as a community, as a family. Because families, yes, many around the world, but not every family is the same as the other family. So you've got to think about this, and we have to settle some of these things through what we perceive. Now we're talking about Jesus is resurrected. He has appeared in John chapter 20. I'm going to read from verse 19 to 23. And I'm going to uh, expound from the scripture this morning. Uh, and, and, and in this particular uh, uh, message that I'm bringing is to bring us into a place of having a perception that will become like a revelation that I will experience the living Christ by the Holy Spirit in everyday life involving his intervention and involving his release in my life and through my life, speaking to us day by day. This sermon is going to deal with three C's. The first one is the context, the second was the content, and the third one is commission. The context, well, the context of John chapter 20, 20, 19, verse 20, verse 19 to 23, is about the disciples tucked away in a room, locked room, and hiding in fear. They had just witnessed their leader being crucified. They did not understand the things that we understand now. They didn't know what the, the song that we sang just now. is a beautiful song just now, the one with the cross, you know, uh, and then redemption, the story of redemption in, on, on his hand. And this beautiful song. But they didn't know all that. All they knew was they hoped on, they had hope on the, that man called Jesus. And now everything is over. And the authorities were the ones that actually sent him there and they are part of his crew. So would they be coming after him? That fear was a real one. That's why Peter was so, so affected that he, he, he denied Jesus three times. Yeah? 
it, it, we read it as a story today, but you, if you connect with that emotions, the emotions that they were going through during that time, uh, it was really quite uh, fearful. And uh, I mean, at the beginning of COVID, there were some measures of fear. Um, now it's over, thankfully. Uh, but they were having fear, and that fear was enough to drive them into a, lock, a self-imposed lockdown. But Jesus came in and walked into the door. Okay, now, so that was the context. The context was fear. Now that COVID is no longer a, a, a great fear now, um, but it doesn't mean that we do not have issues that are affecting our daily life. So rather than just only talking about fear, which you might not be able to connect, I'm introducing another word that is relevant to what Jesus spoke to them, and he spoke twice, and this particular word is anxiety. We, not, might, we might not be in fear, but it's possible for us to have moments of anxiety in our daily lives. Periodically, you may have anxious moments whereby you get tensed up. Maybe in, even in talking to somebody or even in uh, uh, some kind of uh, communication in your job or, 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 or something that came from your boss or with a colleague or even between husband and wife, there will be tense moments. Every time when your muscles are tensed up, it's a moment of anxiety. If, they can, if I can define it that way, we might be able to understand. So if you feel tense, that's anxious. Okay? And so with that, I just want to bring the context into, your relevance, to, into relevance today. And then let's see what Jesus did in terms of the content as how he, he addressed them in the context. Many things are cliché. The, the challenge that I have as a preacher and the challenge that I have as a Christian is reality, experiencing these in our daily lives. And so, but that was how it is. The key to settle anxiety is the peace of God. And um, the next thing that we saw is in the content, Jesus talked about, his, talked about commission. Well, there's the sending out thing. I call it a commission. And there's the Holy Spirit that's being addressed. He breathed in them, the Holy Spirit. And then he told them that you have authority to forgive sins. Okay? So let's move very quickly now to the next um, slide. Um, did you see that just now? Was this slide on just now? Uh, my brother was trying to explain to me that... Uh, I see two slides. Okay, I'm talking... Uh, <laughs> Did, did we talk about this slide just now? No. Or is this a new one? All right. Okay. Commission is after the, the sending. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I'm following myself now. Okay. <laughs> after the commissioning, after the sending, Jesus breathed on them to receive the Holy Spirit. All right. And then the idea was to make sure that they understand this very thing, in terms of this whole content of what he was trying to talk to them about, allay their fears, tell them one significant thing. There's one significant thing for you to take home today, and that is 
You are a man or a woman on assignment with God. When you do not have this understanding for your Christian life, it is likely that you come to Jesus only to be a helper. It is likely that you might only just come to Jesus to be an accessory to your life and to your own ambition. And it is likely that you will probably find him irrelevant when you are fully satisfied with yourself. That's quite alarming. And that is possible, uh, a, a recipe for backsliding. Because you don't need him, he is irrelevant. Once you are relevant to yourself, by yourself, nobody else is relevant to you. Unless you come to an understanding that you are a man commissioned for a task. You are under assignment. You have a responsibility. And because you have responsibility, he gives you authority. You don't need authority when you don't have a responsibility. So when you are confronted with a big issue and you want to exercise your faith and, and release the authority and you found that how come it is not working? That is because deep down in you, something is missing. You missed knowing that you are actually a man commissioned with an assignment. And to be one who is sent to be walking in it. It is when you are walking in that assignment, walking on mission with God, then authority flows. When you don't have that, you are not commissioned, you are under nobody. When you are not under authority, you don't have authority. The truth is, actually, even as a Christian, you don't have authority and you don't have power. You only have authority and you have only power when you are under authority and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit does not come to live your life for your agenda. He comes to live your life for the Father's agenda. And so when Jesus knew that, he submitted himself under Jesus, under, under the Father. And so all authority in heaven and on earth. I'm jumping ahead to my, of myself now, but it's in the flow, you know. Uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Why would he have such confidence and courage to say that? We can only repeat a scripture. We can only recite a scripture. We might not be able to live it out unless we come into a focus. And the focus is to know that you are a man commissioned or a woman commissioned for the Father's purpose in you. And in the context of all this communication, it's about Jesus talking to disciples. And we are, to be, we are commissioned to be a disciple of somebody. The way that we have done church, and I've been in it for 41 years, planted a number of churches in the different parts of the world. Seldom talk very much about it because I don't want to make, give the wrong impression that I'm bragging. I'm not, I'm just reporting, okay? But to tell you this, something is amiss in the way we've done church. We have led many people to Christ 
and we have many converts, but we have not given them the commission, the assignment to become a discipler. And so many people, church is one place that many people are learning, learning, learning all the time and they never graduate. That's not natural. Because in the natural, when you grow up, you get married, you have children, you're supposed to be bringing up children. But spiritually, we are supposed to have spiritual children to disciple them. But you can be attending a church and never disciple many people along the way. I'm sorry, I'm t- this, this is a bit different from the last service now. I'm emphasizing on something that I believe it is very important because we are in times that are different from just in the past. We could be in the last days. Maybe like what uh, my... Kevin Connor was my teacher. You know, I was I was born again. I brought up in his church, and Richard Holland was the pastor then, and Kevin Connor after that. He said we are in the last of the last days. Well, that was forty years ago, forty-five years ago, fifty years ago. Now, fifty years later, we are even more laster than last. <laughs> if there's such a word. But you see, the problem is, this commission of being sent is a mission impossible. Well, it's okay, Jesus, you can say it, and then you demonstrated your power, you did your miracles, and you were without sin. But me, I am capable of sinning anytime. Just that sometimes it's well covered up because it's in here or in here. Of course, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your neighbor, actually. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about anybody, but I'm just telling you about life. So we can feel not so confident about this, this, this whole thing about becoming a disciple because our lives are, are challenged in different ways and, and so on. And so it's like a mission impossible. That's why it's not easy to actually get people to be serving the Lord. You can get them up singing, it's fine. You can get them greeting the door, it's fine. But making disciples is not fine, it's not easy. And so Jesus knew that. And you know what he did? He breathed on them the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus did it because when Jesus was on earth, he was 100% man, fully man. Nothing that he did on earth as Jesus was appealing to his deity. Because if he did, we all would not have any hope of becoming like Christ and doing the things that he did. And so how did he pull off all those things? Simply because something happened in Matthew chapter 3. The Holy Spirit came upon him as a dove. And he was empowered to go into the wilderness and was tempted 40 days. And came out with even more power of the Holy Ghost. And that was how he started. And this is the same way. And the Bible actually said, I'm going to bring the scripture up in a minute, that he is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit and fire. And we are to be in that category of people. Now let's look at the next slide here. Post-resurrection appearance of Jesus. Um, 
to his disciples. Okay, the, 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 we're going to read the scriptures now. I've already given you a good picture just by talking to you. Okay, so now when you read it, you will be able to register the passage a little bit better. I hope. Okay, just remember the three C's, and then you'll be able to read the script. I could have done it the other way around. I've done it for years, but I've changed it in recent times just to make sure that I give you an outline. And then from the outline, you read the scripture. I hope you will be able to register it better. All right, now, let's look at the scripture now. John chapter 20, verse 19. The Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. And the first thing that he said was, Peace be with you. Read on. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds the wounds on his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said, peace be with you. And then now, the second part, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, that's a funny thing. How does it flow? You know, suddenly he talks about forgiveness of sin. He's talking about being sent, and then he's giving them the Holy Spirit. Well, it makes sense because it's all tied up together, and I'll come to it in a minute. Let's look at the next, next slide now. I'm going to use John chapter 17 to interpret John chapter 20. Okay? So let's look into the, 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 the next slide. Um, John chapter 17, well, John chapter 20, 21, Jesus said, okay, let me backtrack a little bit because I'm going straight into the, the, the commission bit. Let me just make a few remarks regarding that phrase that he used twice, peace be unto you. The antithesis or the antidote to fear and to anxiety is the peace of God. But it is a peace, and scripture in John chapter 14, I think, it's not a peace that the world gives you. The world gives you a peace that is the absence of t- uh, t- turmoil. When, the, when there's an absence of, of, of uh, turmoil or the absence of uh, what do you call it, interference, you say you have peace. But this peace of God. It's a peace that can override even the storm around you. So it's different. When it says, I've given you peace not as the world gives you, it's not the absence of war. It's not the absence of noise or sounds. But it is a peace that is from within, that you cannot manufacture by yourself. That other people cannot give it to you from the outside. This peace that will settle anxiety and fear... It's something that God gives you from the inside and it is about whether or not the peace of God will rule in your hearts. And if, it's a, if, if the peace does not rule, you're not having peace. The only way that the peace of God will be experienced is whether you yield to its rulership or you keep on holding to your tension and anxiety and you can only let him rule when you let go of yourself 
When Jesus comes in and takes over, it's the beginning of that which is from within to rise up into your soul, which includes your mind and your emotions, and then experience physically in your bodily realm. Your body will be more relaxed. We do many things trying to relax the body. You can go to a massage and there are plenty of them around in the, in the what do you call it, in the, in the shopping center. And when I was in Bali a few years ago, uh, one of the first, one of the things that they brought me to is the, the host, wonderful uh, host, you know, uh, hospitality. It took me to see around and, and look at the beach and, and so on. And then... Uh, massage faster, must go for a massage. So Balinese massage. Well, you can do all that on the external. But your mind can be very much ticking and still keeping many things. You may feel a little bit of uh, release on your muscles, but you might not find a release in here or in here. It's only by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit as the ruler inside of us. Okay, so now let's move very quickly now. In fact, so much more to, to talk about that. Um, yeah. John 17, John chapter 20, he talks about, just as you sent me, this is Jesus and the Father talking, uh, I'm sending them to the world. And so he sent them. Something is wrong. It's almost exact. Actually, when John chapter 20, Jesus was telling me, as the Father sent me, so send are you. He was talking to the disciples directly. Whereas, in, uh, yeah, so I'm sending you. That's right. And then John chapter, uh, and John chapter 17. John chapter 17. John 17 was actually his prayer to God, to the Father. And in that prayer... He was telling the Father, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Them are his disciples. Then when we come to John chapter 20, he was actually acting out what he already prayed before God. So that whatever he prayed before God now, he is able to have the confidence that God is aware of it, it is part of the will of God and now I'm going to effect it and they will be backed up by God as he was backed up by God, the Father, to be sent out because it's all in the will of God. Alright? So, uh, that sending is not something that he just conjured up. It was all part of his, his, his process with God. He had processed through with the Father first in, beforehand. This is a lesson in itself. Maybe when we want to deal with situations on earth, with people and with whatever, I think have a John 17 time with the Father first. And then when you get something clear, clarified there in our time of prayer, you come out in the physical, you release it in authority and power. All right, let's move on a little bit more. After he, given them, he had given them the, 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 the whole idea of what they are supposed to do, to be a man on assignment, to be a woman on assignment today, but how are you going to do it? I said, is mission impossible? Mission is impossible 
if it's going to be on our own. But here, Jesus is saying that I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to have somebody to, who would become your helper. And who is that? The same person that had helped him to do all the miracles that he did when he was on earth for 33 and a half years. And that was the Holy Spirit. So he breathed into them the Holy Spirit and told them, receive the Holy Spirit. And so, and, and how, how does that work with John chapter 17? Well, John chapter 17, he said, I've revealed you to them. I will continue to do so. How is he going to do so, to continue to reveal to the disciples? He was going to die. John 17 was a prayer. John 18, 19, cross, went to the cross and died. And then John 20, he actually was able to do what he said by sending the Holy Spirit, by breathing into them the Holy Spirit. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. That is something that is talking about the Holy Spirit. And don't forget, the Holy Spirit is Father, Son and Holy Spirit same. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. Jesus is also the Spirit. And so they reveal each other. Okay? They, they, you know, we, we try to compartmentalize it. It's very difficult. Actually, there's no way I can fully understand all, how this thing works. If, if you have already worked it out, you come and teach me. But the point is, we just have to know that God doesn't divide himself like that, but he has to present himself like that because the Holy Spirit in you now is multiplying the presence of Jesus by millions of times around the world today. And he is able to be in us and with us and, continue, and Jesus is able to continue his work. All right, But he had finished his assignment, but his work from his assignment is to be continued. All right, let's move on now into the next slide. Authority comes with responsibility. Because this is where the slide comes in about authority, referring to John, referring to the area of giving the authority to forgive sins. Whosoever sins you remit, it will be remitted unto them. Whosoever sins that you retain, it will be retained unto them. This is a very powerful thing that God has given to a human being. But why do you talk about remitting sins and retaining sins right now? Well, because that's the, the whole assignment that Jesus came for is to die for sins and is to let human beings receive forgiveness of sins so that they can have a second chance. Because human beings are capable of being discouraged when they disappoint themselves due to their own weakness, own falling, own failing, and then they would sometimes give up. That's why I taught in the first time I came here a few months ago. That was not my first time, but it was after a long break, okay? Um, on the message from John also regarding betrayal, I said the, the way to cope with your betrayal is an LG2 prayer, not lower ground, not praying from a lower, lower ground. LG2 prayer is let go two times. It is about 
knowing that you might have failed yourself and might have failed God. You might not have feel so great about yourself. But you keep beating up yourself, retaining your own sins, when you know that Jesus Christ has died for you, it's not going to help you. So the first prayer is to confess it and repent of the fact that you have held your sin against you for so long. Let go yourself. Let go. Pray and after you have repented, after you have genuinely repented, okay? Don't go back and keep doing the same thing and say that you have repented. <laughs> after you have repented, confess your sin. 1 John 1, 9, you know, confess your sin. You're righteous and just to forgive you of sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Once you have done that, register it well. Register it well and record it in your soul clearly. And know that that area... It's an area I'm not going to go there anymore because I'm going to get out of it and I am letting myself go. Hallelujah. And then the second LG, let go, is let go of people that have offended you, including those who had created offense and betrayal. Let them go because you do you no good if you keep having these burdens in your heart and in your mind. We sang the song about burdens, lifting your burdens just now. I believe some of these songs, and my brother Ivan agreed with me, and we had an agreement thinking that, feeling that the Lord has even led him in terms of choosing the songs because this is part of this whole idea of this message. The message here is the assignment to cause people to be released from their sins, whereby this king has decided that He has come to rescue us of our sins and to set us free. That's that song that you're saying. All tied in very well this morning. How many believe the presence of the Lord is in this church? Amen. I believe so. That's why I enjoyed the, the time of worship so much. This is my, I say this again and again. I'm, I'm genuine about it. I'm not just uh, talking. I'm not sermonizing. I trust that I'm not just giving you another sermon. I'm bringing a message of the word of the Lord to you this morning. Okay? Praise the Lord. So, my dear brothers and sisters, Jesus is very practical. For you to practically live this life and be on, on, on assignment with God, you have to understand that it is going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. No, brothers and sisters, you need, you need to sort certain things out. Number one, get yourself into a place of peace within yourself and with God. The peace that transcends understanding will guard your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4. Now that you have your peace, or along the way, understand this. You have a purpose to live for. Because if you don't have that sense of purpose, and I clarified it to understand that the purpose to live for is to become a discipler. You will let life go by you, the years will go by you, and your life cannot be very powerful. Not that there's no lack of desire for that, especially when there's sickness and you want to pray 
for miracles and healing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Parents carry this kind of burdens a lot, especially when the children or when they are young, they, they are not well. You can trust medicine to a degree. I'm not an anti-medicine, anti-science fellow. Just because we have faith, you don't throw everything out, everything else out. But on the other hand, there are times of necessity whereby you really need the power of the Holy Spirit beyond what human beings can do. And if we do not practice it now, when the time comes and the time of need arises, we can't deliver. And how do you start? The starting place is receive the peace for yourself and then receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The second P is the Holy Spirit who is called the Comforter. He is the Parakletos, which means intercessor, comforter, which also means advocate, counselor, consoler. Well, Jesus is also the counselor, teacher. Okay, you need to receive the peace of God. You need to receive the parakletos of God. Especially when you understand that this work well because you are a man or a woman on assignment. What is the assignment, Pastor? I just told you, Jesus came and made disciples. And the Great Commission said, go you into all the world and make disciples. Parents, I want to say this thing. You have the responsibility of making disciples of your children. You are not only to become parents to your children in physical things, you are to be spiritual parents to them as well. And if you don't do that and only keep going to church and thinking that the church will do it for you, you will be disappointed. Because the church only have your children for two hours and might only give them a little bit of storytelling in Sunday school or youth maybe for half an hour or 20 minutes. And for the rest of the seven weeks, seven days in the week and 156 hours or something like that, whatever that's there, They are only going to live on that half an hour or 20 minutes. You think that will do? They are not made disciples in the church. Even listening to my sermon today doesn't make you a disciple. Hopefully it helps you a little bit. So I'm not like, oh, I'm the man of God, you listen to me. No, no, not like that. I am an encourager by hoping that I will break down the Word of God so that you can digest it. I hope you receive something today. And I trust that the Lord will also use this as part, using the Sunday morning, the sermons and and the preaching as part of your disciple-making. But there's a lot of work at home. There's a lot of work by yourself and the Bible and Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, the Parakletos, that has to be real in you. Then, when the time comes, when there is a need, 
you rise in authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. So my dear brothers and sisters, I leave with you two things to take home today. Number one, make a decision. I'm going to be, I will receive the peace of God for my life. Holy Spirit, speak to me and teach me how. And my my suggestion to you just now was let go and let him rule. Receive the peace of God. Secondly, receive the parakletos who will empower you on your mission to make disciples of your children at home, of your brothers and sisters, of your friends whom the Lord. If you do not make disciples out of them, you will get nothing out of them or Jesus will get nothing out of them. If you are a, if you are a leader of any sort, whether it's a, a leader up here or you are a leader in the cell group, if your people are only attending the cell group or the life group, but they are not made disciples, it's only a social club. There's a place for social, but there's a higher purpose that you are supposed to be living for. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray for my dear brothers and sisters. I ask you, Father God, that you will enable us today to be released from our anxieties. My dear brothers and sisters, I do not know what you come with. And my dear brothers and sisters at home on online, I do not know what you are carrying. But the word of the Lord today is that you are to receive His peace. And I want to pray for you to be able to do that. But to receive His peace, you cannot hold on to your anxiety. I pray right now that in the presence of the Lord at home or in church, you are making a decision in your mind to release that anxiety, to release your tension. That burden that you've been carrying, enough. Tell yourself, it's enough. I don't want to carry it anymore. I'm going to let it go. Let it go. And if it's a person that has offended you or has hurt you, let him or her go. It's time to release yourself from it. If necessary, go and ask God for forgiveness that you have held this for so long. Some people can hold pains and hurts for 20, 30, 40 years. It's not going to do you any good. Let it go. But the other thing that I want you to receive is your assignment. Receive your assignment because when you receive your assignment, you receive the second P in reality, the paracletos. I pray, Father God, that you'll give a vision to my dear brothers and sisters at home and here in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would charge them. You charge them with your commission to go and make disciples of their family and of their friends.
I pray this for this wonderful people today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.